A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rule Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversation. Welcome to this podcast edition. And uh, today in our show, we have Werner Puchert. And hi, Werner. Hey, Rule. It's good to be here. Yeah. For listeners, we know each other a long time. We met actually at the College of Extraordinary Experiences. Before I introduce you, can you just... For the listener, what is the College of Extraordinary Experiences, Warner? Well, if you ever if you ever heard about uh, the experience economy, right, from uh, Joe Pine, the book, um, the, the College of Extraordinary Experiences takes it a level higher where we immerse ourselves, we go into this event, and we explore the experience economy by designing experiences, exploring the design process, and also meet awesome people like yourself, Rule. Yeah, likewise, yeah. So let me introduce you, Werner, uh, to our listeners. Werner is born and raised in South Africa and went to university there. And after starting his career, he actually went to live in Poland. And he worked there as um, a senior manager Salesforce and senior manager experience design at Deloitte Digital. At some point when he was there, he, he chose to uh, pursue another career, which is actually starting his own company, which is called Experience Consulting. And that's what he's doing now for over five years already. And in that, um, in, in that role, he is actually a number of things. He is an experience design director, a design thinking consultant, a mentor, a digital creative strategist, podcast host and producer, content producer and entrepreneur, all that in one. And, and I know it's true because you helped us in, in on different different occasions uh, with all your expertise, uh, Werner. And um, to to give that a little bit more of, of a flavor, um, he is actually professional with over eighteen years of experience in marketing, product UX strategy, project management, and mobile digital transformation. Um, just to make the connection, so I just made the connection in terms of like we met each other at the College of Extraordinary Experiences, yeah. but also you have joined our programs, our event design certificate program um, in San Diego, I think a few years back, was that 2019, 2018? Yeah. And uh, so from there on, you made it also to, to, be, to become a certified event designer. And we went, when we went to, from um our life in-person programs to build an online training platform you helped us build that so uh, that was uh, that was a huge experience and after we have built that and that was even before uh, the pandemic hit our world yeah. um we were actually ready to to provide online content for uh, universities for people who are in different geographies who couldn't access our in-person 
training. Exactly. So Who knew? Us... Yeah. Who knew? Who knew what's going to happen, right? Yeah. And we very much valued what you what you brought to us, um, Werner. This was a this was a professional um, introduction. What about you as a person? Well, I mean, if you talk like. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a mouthful, right? And it's kind of like a, hey, this is me kind of vibe. But I think just on a on a kind of more personal level, I think what I do geek out about is design in general, but more kind of the process of design. I'm I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to figuring out how the design process works. Uh, I like to figure out frameworks. I like tools. Um, not that the tools. It's just a means to the end, of course, right? I don't want to kind of you know put a tool up and say, listen, this is what it, you have to have this. But also I think that's kind of what drew me to the College of Extraordinary Experiences, but also fundamentally drew me into the event design handbook, right? Because uh, when I read it, read it the first time, I, I saw this canvas and I thought there must be something behind that. Uh, and then also when you start scratching away at the at the surface and then I got to know you guys better and I got like the generosity of going on the on the course to, to actually see how the process works. But then also fundamentally like, like picking it apart because I think that is the other thing is I, I, I kind of like try to look behind the curtain of the event design collective to see what is there. Right. And, um, we we've joked about this before, but I do take some of the elements from the event design uh, process and then plug it into some of the other work that I do, because, you know, I think it's like, I really get excited about trying to pick your brains to see what makes you guys tick and then take some of that. Cause there's a, there's a brilliant book, steal like an artist. And I try to steal like an artist from from these people, and that's kind of what I'm doing. Like uh, you'll see, like I, I I run around online all the time, like doing these silly little design tool reviews. In fact, I also reviewed the, that book that you guys did, that that coloring book. And the reason I do that is I I want to I want to show people that yeah, I mean, going like for example with the event design uh, handbook and with the event canvas, it's really the objective there is to design events that actually change behavior right but also what i believe and it's something that i got a taste with going on your program is is um that the, the design process in itself should also be an experience right so how do you create experiences for people to create experiences in a way so uh i know that's a long waffle but it's kind of like the thing that makes me tick is kind of picking things apart to see what this whole design process is about from different perspectives right thank you and and, and for people who would think like um, um, you can't see video in this podcast. You can see you can see it, but um, when uh, he used air quotes when he when he was talking about the coloring book, and people would like, oh, what's a coloring book? Are you in the business of coloring books? We produced actually Dennis and and uh, Ruth and myself produced a little booklet which is called Drawing Out Change. It's actually help very helpful to to literally draw out the change. And and that is what um, what Werner was referring to. Yeah. Werner and also. Like, on, yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah, and sorry, I still I still love this idea though, right? That was one of the first things that you guys did uh, as the pandemic came through, right? And just the you know kind of this concept of like going through the design process, but then also kind of like having this experience of like sitting with a pen, coloring it in, and then then seeing this whole design process kind of visualized and then flipping it over and then seeing actually the the change that you're trying to create on the other side man sorry i mean it's a product plug but it's it's a brilliant piece of work thank you and and the reason for for that is, is also that you can tell a story and you can a story and you can you you can put emphasis on different different things and that that those those 
where you put emphasis is different for every other person. I think exactly. that is what it does. We, we try to help people tell stories. We try to help people um, create experiences. And this is how we, how we did it and how we try to, to take people on board. So one, one question before we dive into our, you know, what is it? Roadbook for our podcast. The question where I said, like, what is about Rona as a person? What, so do you have a family? Or how do you, where do you live? Oh. A, a little bit like yeah. context from there. So, I mean, even the design world brought me to Poland in the first place. So I got invited to come speak at an event called UX Poland. And uh, I was not going to do it. I was about to not go. Like, they, like there was trouble with my visa or whatever. And a friend of mine said, Vanna, you should do this. You know, get your ass in gear and go and sort out your visas and stuff. And I did that. And the reason I'm making such a big deal of it is that uh, at this event, I also met my future wife. So um, she's an she's a, a experienced designer in her own right. And, uh, you know, a couple of years later, uh, we got engaged. We got married. I also got the opportunity to help start Deloitte Digital here in Warsaw, Poland. Um, and that kind of like just it came together uh, in a weird, weird way that that kind of caused me to to move to Warsaw, Poland. And uh, I've been here for four years. I also am the happy dad of a four year old. So, you know, that union has also produced a little boy, which is my world. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, experiences everywhere, even if in my own life, I guess. Uh, that's a good story, yeah, and that's, that's also um, great. How some events are are making big changes in people's lives, right? So this event, indeed, indeed. What would happen if you wouldn't have gone, right? So uh, do you self, yeah. do you ask you, 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 this question sometimes or not? Sometimes I do, right? I mean, uh, you, you, sometimes I do because you go like, I shouldn't have gone. I shouldn't have gone. <laughs> you know, <that's> my... <laughs> but no, seriously though, it does, it does play in where, you know, opportunity comes around, but then also for event designers, I, I remember, um, I'm still good friends with the people who organized the event because, um, you know, as a speaker, you get to connect with the event organizer. And I think for them, even after, um, you know, the year after and our story got together and they saw this whole thing unfold, they were kind of really like, surprised but also like felt the joy of this kind of of this thing blooming right so uh i think like as an event owner you never know what's going to happen you, you know you, you can you can design for a lot of things but like amazing things happen and and if for, for example also rule when we met um you know my wife was also at the same event the college of extraordinary experiences and she was highly pregnant at that time right so in a way my boyki was also already, like my son was already there at the college um, and it's, it, I'll never forget that event where I met you uh, and, and where Marta was and kind of how all these kind of things just cross. And, and I think that is the power of events. It's like there's so much, and like in the book, so many stories that can be told. Like some, some of the impact that an event creates, you can't control, you know. But I think, you know, if, the, if you design the event with intent and you, you, you make sure that everything is basically there, it kind of creates this kind of sandpit for these amazing things to happen. Okay, so as promised, let's dive into into our podcast roadbook. And for people who listen, who have listened to a few episodes, know the drill. And the drill is, it's about design to change. It's about our book we published this year. And if you 
open the book and on the first page you'll find a, a statement and a question. And the statement and the question is, and I would like you, Werner, to reflect on that. A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. The question now is, would you leave it to chance? No. <laughs> you don't want to leave it for chance. You, you need to go out and seek the opportunities to connect, right? So, but I think the, the, the challenge with a good conversation is also sometimes having a conversation with someone you, you probably don't agree with, uh, someone you don't know. Um, it's very it's very easy to have a good conversation with with you, Rule, because we are such good friends, right? It gets tougher when you have to have a conversation with someone that you uh, you know you don't perhaps know their culture, their background, you don't know them. So yeah, um, and that's that's been a challenge for me, right? Is to to as an introvert to to kind of take up that that challenge to go have those conversations specifically with people um, that I don't know so well, and that's also what many South Africans I think can reflect on a lot. And how, so, how, so looking at leaving it to chance, so how do you, how do you not leave it to chance then? I think the, the big thing is, is that you have to challenge yourself and be curious, right? Um, a good friend of ours also runs a program that focuses on curiosity. Um, and I think even in, in, in this, specifically in the pandemic, um, curiosity can become a little bit blunt. You sit in, I sit in my little office every day working and it's been really, I think, during the pandemic, a big challenge to go out and actually connect with people, right? Of course, it's very easy to connect with people that is known, like I mentioned before, but you actively have to go out and actively be curious. You have to force yourself to do that. Um, it's tough sometimes. I think a lot of us have been struggling with mental health and, and kind of, uh, you know, challenges, and then you want to go out and have conversations. But I tell you what, I've, I've made more friends during the pandemic than ever before because i was so scared of becoming so closed in oh. okay so up up to our next question and our next question is and it's all has all to do with the first chapter of the book what is currently and that's tailored to your situation what is currently on your horizon of change I think one of the big things that I'm trying to focus on is really, um, you know, stabilizing my business and also stabilizing the connection I have with my clients. Um, you know, on, on the, on the, I think, you know, if I think about the, the context of the event design, uh, process that we've gone through and kind of some of the metaphors that we play with, right. You, you always, you have to think about, you know, what change are you trying to create over a period of time? And sometimes what happens, you focus on a single event right? You're not sustaining it over time. And I think that has been a big challenge for me. It's like, okay, so I've just delivered this one project. It's had an impact. How do you now continue doing that? And that is, ah, okay. yeah. that's like sustaining that change over time is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a huge challenge for me. So not jumping from one project to the other, but making more a stable, stable business in that exactly, case. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, we um we can either we have two two options right so we can either dig for dig dig further into horizons of change or we could let the wheel and i'm talking about the wheel of names.com let the wheel decide which chapter we're going to choose what would be your um preferred let's do option? the wheel let's do the, the wheel. wheel yeah let's hit the wheel just take some take a chance right 
Yeah. Okay, spinning the wheel right now. I'm nervous. Oi. If you're enjoying this conversation, check out the book and full multimedia experience by purchasing your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Visit designtochange.online to order your copy and start interacting with more thought-provoking content like this. Okay, spinning the wheel right now. I'm nervous. Oi. Putting the desi design on the agenda. That's, that's what the, the wheel came up with, right? Putting design on the agenda. That means that we're going to move to that chapter, which is chapter number okay. five. Uh -huh. And in the, when we refer to the, these questions we are asking, we are referring to the, after every chapter, there is a worksheet. And that worksheet is asking you some questions to reflect on, to apply what you learned. And <clears throat> the more you engage yourself in these kind of conversations with these questions, the more you reflect on them, the better you will be uh, answering them. So let's uh, let's give it a try, Warner. Let's give it a bash. I'm ready. I've got my book in hand. Good. So I'll ask you the question. So how can you comfort your event owner or comfort your client in your case that not having clarity with the initial ask is okay? I think it's by, uh, I mean, I, I kind of had to learn this uh, recently, right? And it's actually also thanks to a conversation with a good friend, um, also in a design practice, because it's a, it's a bit of a discomfort, right? But when you go into, into, um, into the design process, uh, lots of times what happens is that a, a client wants to have some form of certainty, like what are they gonna get, right? Like what is, what, and, and also in my world where I do a lot of work in design thinking, it's like, okay, so are we gonna get the startup? Are we gonna get the event? Are we gonna get this? And it's a bit uncomfortable because as a design lead or a facilitator, you can't guarantee anything. However, there is a guarantee you can make, right? So just to kind of go back to the whole certainty thing, it's like a, facil a facilitator or consultant can't work with certainty. You can only work with confidence. So if you have the frameworks and the methodologies, you can be very confident in what you're trying to do. Now to close the loop on what I'm trying to say here is that what I've started doing with a lot of my clients is say, is say to them, okay, uh, madam or sir, I cannot guarantee you that you're going to get your startup. I can't guarantee you that we're going to have a product or service or this out of this, uh, out of this project. However, what I can guarantee you is that we're going to learn something. Right now, I don't know how that aligns, for example, with the event, because ultimately you need to, you need to, you know, create an event. Uh, and, and a lot of work that I do is we explore potential, uh, and, uh, you know, for me, it's safer to say we're going to learn something because sometimes you learn that, hey, this idea is not going to work. And I think rule, I mean, something that I, I kind of value and I hopefully you're not putting words, but I, I remember you saying this, that sometimes events shouldn't happen. Right. So that learning is like, should we maybe have this event or not? As an example, I'm not saying that's the only thing you learn out of this, but, uh, you know, um, I think working through the design process, there is no doubt in my mind that I can guarantee you that you and your team is going to learn something. Powerful. I, I wrote down the quote uh, and, and let me, let me ask you again, how to, how to best quote that you said, 
something about certainty and about confidence. Yeah. Can you repeat that? Yeah, so it comes from a book. So I can't claim it myself, but I can't remember the book. Uh, You know, I can send you the link later on, but it's something that I kind of latched onto because this is something that's kind of remnant from my consulting days. And it's one of the negative parts. Uh, I had a I had a run in with a with a partner once that said to me just before a presentation, and this was his words. He said to me, "Vanner, don't f this up," and it kind of put a massive dent in my in my confidence because I was really like, you know, I was always I, I was never get scared of getting on stage or talking to clients. We I mean once once I'm big business in my in my career, and that kind of like put me back a little bit, like questioning myself, like where are we? And then I started analyzing, you know, uh, after reading this book, uh, also analyzing my situation. And I realized that some leaders expect from their consultants, from their teammates, from their, from their managers that they need to be certain about things, you know. And I think in the world that we live in, you can't be certain of anything. And I think if the last two years is any example of that, you can't be certain of anything. Uh, you know, um, curveballs will come. But the thing that you can do is you can be confident about something. Uh, And I think a great leader, because of his uh, experience, because of the work he's done, because of the frameworks he's using or his methodologies, he can be confident that you're going to get to a certain certain outcome where certainty puts you at risk. Uh, Especially if you work like a consultant and you're certain about something and it goes wrong, you lose the trust of your client, you destroy a project perhaps. But I think, I mean, I'm laboring the point a little bit too much, but I think uh, hopefully that makes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what, what, I, what, what I was looking for. I think what, what we try to convey to people in our EDC class is has also to do something with certainty, right? So certainty is not per se in the outcomes, right? So we don't know yet what the outcomes will be. We know that we are going to apply a process, right? And yeah. we are confident, confident about that process and that that will result into certain outcomes. And certain outcomes we will all be happy with in terms of like all be aligned around. I think that is, that is crucial in this case. Trust the so, process. Exactly. That's, uh, that's, that's along, that, along those lines, right? It's along the lines uh, of your quote. But I, I like the quote very much. Let's, let's continue to our next, um, next question. What, right, remember the last question, what guardrails do you offer to allow the client to feel comfortable to say yes for you to design their event? So I think there's a, there's a couple of um, points to this, right? And, and like just off the top of my head, I mean, it's not a methodology or anything I have. It's like, it's, it's kind of like a few pillars. And, and in this example, I would say there's a couple. First, it's you yourself. Like, what are you bringing to the table? Do you put any skin into a game? Like, you know, what is the, what is the risk? What is the, what is the value that you are bringing as the design lead? So I'm putting, I'm kind of in this example, I'm putting myself as a design lead or, or the consultant, you know, what is, what is my skin in the game, right? Is the, is the client trusting me? The second part is kind of your understanding of the challenge. So in a recent project that I did is that we actually, you know, a client came to us with a certain need. Uh, or sit and want, and we tried to kind of analyze that to figure out the need, and then went back to the client to say, I think, based on what you're saying to us and how we analyze it and how we interpret your things, we think this is what you need, right? And luckily, we're, I mean, 
I think if you if you work with great clients, they can say, okay, cool, Vanna, you, you you're kind of there, but not really. And we we continued having this conversation to figure that out. And then the final thing that I think is super important is to have a methodology, a framework in place, right? So, you know, I keep on going back to the event design, uh, what I've learned with 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 the collective, and I'm not I'm, I'm I don't have to sell because I'm talking to you guys, but I feel like. Sometimes what happens is you go into a client and you say, I've got a methodology, a framework, and it's going to give answers. I usually flip it around. I say, this is me. This is what I've done. This is what I think your challenge is, and let's discuss that. And then you know what? You can trust me to take you through this process. And that for me, those three things is, is kind of the three things that I focus on. That is the guardrails, because... I think if a client doesn't have kind of a vision of where you're going with it, you know, what direction you're going, it's super uncomfortable for them to give you the trust that you require to actually kick off or sign the deal with them. Interesting. So how will you sketch outcomes for that client um, using, um, using event design and how do you evolve the client in that process? I mean, it's kind of when I mentioned that uh, second part uh, where you try and figure out their needs, um, it's, it's, okay. it's like really like involving them in conversations. I think what happens, I mean, and I don't want to play this down because I think it's, there's more complex answers to this question, but I do think that uh, one of the traps sometimes that we fall into is that there's this kind of separation between the consultant or the or the, the strategist and the client. It's, and, I, and, and, and funny enough, I've, I've seen it and, and the, the project that I worked on now um, is that the word collaboration is a word that we use very easily. Oh, design thinking, it's very collaborative. We need to collaborate. But I find it very hard sometimes to collaborate with people. Not that I don't want to, but I find that sometimes what happens is that, um, you know, senior people, some of the youngsters out there, they want to get a, a instruction and then go off and do something and then come back to you and say, hey, look what I did. This is great, right? That's not collaboration. And the same is correct or true with clients. Um, I've made that mistake before where I sit and listen to a client, go away, draw up a pitch, and by all means, draw up your pricing guide and what you're going to charge the client, and then you come back and you do the presentation. And then you totally miss the point uh, of your of kind of what you, the problem you want to solve, and then you show him the price list, right, the, the actual cost. And then the guy has a like a minor heart attack. So I think the the whole thing is is that that and I'm perhaps also focusing on the wrong part and more in my world, but that pre work, like you know, really understanding and working with the client, the the event owner, on what is the actual outcomes, you know, what are we, what are you working towards, what is the deliverables, what is your business objectives, those kind of things, uh, you know, what are you expecting out of this, um, and trust me, the last project I did, uh, it took us as long. The sales cycle, I call it the sales cycle, was as long as the project. Hmm. Because we, and it wasn't like doing free work. I, mean, I don't do free work. It was really deep diving and understanding what is the actual problem we're trying to solve here. And I think that is the thing, is like really collaborating and being patient with the client, going back and forth, trying to understand, and then developing your, uh, your, your agreement from there. Exactly. Because... <clears throat> If you if you if you leave from a different starting point, or the wrong starting point, so to say, you could probably end up somewhere completely different, right? Yeah, and I've been I've done that I've done that, right? Because um, 
you, 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 you think you know what the client wants, right? And you go in with all the best. I mean, you have a list of bullet points, whatever, and you, you, you know, this is what you're going to deliver. And then you go into the project and then go all the way through. I mean, this last project uh, I, I worked on, um, actually, like in the middle, we had to have a realignment and revisit the initial conversation we had to make sure, because it's not like a once-off thing. It's iterative, right? The design process is always iterative, even, even, even in your business side, is that we had to go down and say, okay, sit, look at the current state, because one thing with the process, it's always a little bit uncomfortable at the beginning, right? It's messy, and you learn things that you don't expect, and then you have to sit down with the client again and say, okay, we have agreed that we're going to do this, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do that. Yeah. Okay. You're still happy. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And then go ahead because you have like, you have to kind of readjust sometimes too. Right. So. Does, it, uh, does, does, that, does that make you feel uncomfortable in, in, in these cases? Because I think, I think when I, when I empathize with our listeners, one of the things I'm thinking about is some people like, yeah, but I promise this, right? I, we, we actually agreed on doing this. I promised that. And I, now it feels like I don't keep my promise. So how does that, how does that feel? And how do you cope with that? The thing is, I mean, in, in, the, in this exact project, that was the challenge, right? Um, the timelines were cut shorter. Um, expectations weren't really changed. And it was tough to go back to the client and have the conversation. I think in my case, I can only share my experience, is that in the past, Vanner from three, four years ago would probably continue because we have signed a contract on these deliverables. Now, because the the question, the, the kind of context has changed. Okay, uh, you try and explain it, uh, you try and work through it, but you don't have a concrete kind of checkpoint to say, okay, cool guys, let's come together, let's have a conversation, let's realign on our on objectives, but but with the actual, I mean, Paul always talks about it. The person who pays the the, the money, right? The person who holds the purse. That's the other thing that's important. It's like let's let's have a, a real conversation here. Let's check where we are, um, and also like you need you need to be with your finger on the pulse, right? You need to know exactly where the project is at that point, and then bring all the facts to the table. Also bring solutions, right? So if in my in my case, I had one or two kind of things that we had to tweak, right? But I had to bring the suggestions to the table. I didn't leave it up to the client. I said, because of this, this, and this, we might have to shift this objective of yours a little bit, or we need to tweak this outcome. How do you feel about it? Let's discuss it. Um, and I feel like doing that um, and doing that with the right person worked in that case. Cool. So there's much more we're going to talk about, but that's going to happen in the backstage conversation Werner. So for people who are listening, um, come back and join us for the backstage conversation and we'll get more very cool quotes from Werner and lots of his uh, from his experience, but also maybe some stories about the EDC mastermind he attended two times. Uh, Werner, see you backstage. Thank you for this uh, this part of the of the podcast already and um, see you backstage. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Ru. This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.